Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You. Today we are covering episode 8 of season 4, titled, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? Wow. Mm. Just wow. That's <laughs> I I'm yeah. so excited to talk about this one. What <laughs> what are your thoughts? This was this was fun uh, and interesting. This was this was a great episode. Great tension again. Some really good reveals. I remember last week we were saying hopefully this means flashbacks and like reveals of how things actually played out and we got a lot of that plus even more reveals and more truth that we didn't have before. Uh, do I still have some little nitpicks? Sure, we'll get there. But we will get there. <laughs> but but over <laughs> overall, I I really enjoyed this one. It had a lot of really great stuff in it. Oh, good, good. I'm yeah. I'm glad <laughs> glad you feel that way. It, it would be okay if you didn't, of course. But um, it just makes it more fun. Uh, I I agree. I really liked this week's episode too. I was really hoping that. You know, knowing we had the reveal, right, that that it's been Joe all along uh, and getting that confirmation that like, OK, let's let's see what happened then, because I know I was I think I mentioned last week surprised that Mary, I assumed Marianne was go- going to be dead. So seeing that she was alive, I'm like, OK, well, now I need to know what happened, what happened yeah. after that confrontation between them. Right. Um, that we saw whenever he he tracked her down or, or and she very stupidly ran to the abandoned building. <laughs> so I really wanted to find out what, what happened and get a little bit of that backstory there. And they, I thought they did a pretty good job of filling in those gaps and you know, there were some things that made sense and there are some things um, for this episode, I think that didn't make sense. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. I like you have mm-hmm. a couple of nitpicks too. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I, I really enjoyed it and, and think there's going to be some interesting things to talk about. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, Let's talk about this one. I can't believe we're already on episode eight. I know. Um, for this one. So, um, well, without further ado, because I know we have um, many things to dive into, why don't you go ahead and start us off this week with your first point? All right. Um, again, if, if people have caught on to, to me and how I roll, <laughs> we're going to start small. We're going to start l- less significant and then build. That's uh, usually where I go. I like the build. Um, yeah. So, of course, and it's kind of been the same storyline that I've wanted to start with a little bit, but uh, focusing more this time on Kate. Ah. We don't have a lot of Kate this episode, but yeah. what we do have furthers that story a little bit. We see a little more with what's going on. Of course, the first time we see her in this episode, uh, I was like, oh, and there we are. She has officially been upgraded to you. I'm <laughs> glad that you noticed that. Yeah. That's a little scary, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. You worry for that. It's like, oh, she's not her or Kate anymore. Now she's you. Well, mm-hmm. uh-oh. 
not a good sign. Um, and then when she's talking to Joe after that little, after that moment, the first time that they, they meet up, I was like, well, Kate's sitting here telling Joe about how Phoebe's being manipulated and how horrible Adam is. So I'll go ahead and say in advance, RIP Adam, you did it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to assume uh, he's probably not long for this world. And uh, at this point, that's fine. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought it was interesting, though, that Joe is as much as he's still fixated on this obsession, but now that those walls are kind of breaking down and he's really making efforts and thoughts to like, but no, Kate is what I should be worried about. What I should be thinking about. Why do I care about this? He honestly has a moment of considering, uh, do I really even care about the woman that I put in the cage? Like I can just ignore that. And now that I have Kate, right? Like he's really kind of considering it and thinking about it. Like, what if I just don't care about what happens to Marion? What if I just leave her down there? And, Kate's what matters now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to let himself do that, but he does juggle it a little bit. You know, he kind of thinks about it, which is interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that'll, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes, where the connection between. Yeah, because like Reese in his head is pointing it out. He's just like, yeah, Kate's great, but you're never going to be able to be happy to be with her with this still looming over you. Like, you still have to take care of this. Yeah. With Marianne and all these things. Just like leave but, her in the cage forever, I guess, and just, you know, let her starve <laughs> to death and never take care of that one way or another. <laughs> I mean, it's Eventually, morbid to think about, but, you yeah. know, it's, you know, gonna get something's gonna happen if he's not there to take right. care of her. Uh, of course, then when he's on the phone with Kate, <laughs> promise you'll go with me. I need the one sane person in my life to be there. Oh my gosh. Like, well, isn't it ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, <laughs> Imaginary Reese thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of course she, where she's inviting him is this engagement party that's actually a wedding, which, oh, oh man, I could, I, I could talk about that. But, oh, poor Phoebe. Uh, so this is like kind of the last thing about Kate I wanted to say. is just like, yeah, she's still being a great friend. She's trying like go, you know, through Joe's kind of help, tracks down where Phoebe is, goes to her, and even though she's like getting her dress for her wedding now, she's still like, "I can, you can go get help. I've got a car outside, like out front. Just mm-hmm. let's let's go do that. You know, we things can wait, and at the very least, be legally prepared for when you realize that Adam is a cold digging leech, right? Oh, shit." Uh, <laughs> But Adam shows up and he's awful. So poor Phoebe. I just, oh, I feel for her. But this is about Kate again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared for Kate. I'm scared for everybody that is anywhere in any connection to Joe at this point. Like, there's no telling what's going to happen. I agree. I I don't know that any any of them are, even Phoebe at this point, you know, are, are safe from Joe. Um, in the in the state that he's in right now, I feel like he's more unpredictable than what we've seen before. You know, in in previous seasons, and that's saying something because you know mm-hmm. you never knew really what he was going to do sometimes when pushed um, to extremes. So yeah, I agree. I think we should be worried for everyone. Yeah, maybe not Adam, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Phoebe and Kate. Adam should be worried for Adam. <laughs> Adam should be worried for Adam. Yes. 
I agree. Um, I I also um, noticed that he started calling Kate you, and I was like, uh oh. And I think that his other I don't know what we're what we're gonna call this other Joe. I I don't know if we we're, we're still referring to him as like this other Reese Reese or mm-hmm. other Joe. I'm not quite sure, but this other version of himself that he keeps having conversations with, you know, Reese was his you, you know, um, during uh, most of the previous episodes. And before that, we thought anyway, uh, it was Marianne Mm -hmm. and that that's who he was. I mean, so much so that he followed her all the way, you know, like to Europe and went and tracked her down at this art show. Um, And then Reese is gone. He's just kind of forgotten about Marianne because he can't acknowledge what he's done. Now it's on Kate. And anyone that Joe has obsessed about, it has not went well for that person. So I I do no. think, you know, we should be worried for Kate if if you look at past seasons and everyone that he's obsessed over, I think has died. You know, and Marianne, you know, was about to just die in well, we don't know that she's safe yet, but, um, you know, before Nadia found her, was just going to die in this cage. He'd just forgotten about her. She no longer mattered uh, to, mm-hmm. to Joe anymore, um, or at least the, like, knowing version of himself anyway. So, yeah, I there wasn't a lot of Kate, but I, you know, do think we should be worried about her. And I do, I agree with you, too, that I like that she was still still trying to work at getting Phoebe away from Adam Mm -hmm. and trying to be a friend. That's a really good point. Oh boy. Well, let's go ahead and and I'll just, I have a very short point as well. And it's um, about Phoebe and, and Adam. I think it's interesting how they've kind of turned Adam from, you know, he, I don't know, hard to, he was always like a piece of crap, like, right. Just right. A, another rich brat. And, but he, he just seemed kind of dumb and fairly harmless. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't really think too much of him. I mean, he had some funny lines or he could, you know, there was some humor there, but they really took a dark turn with, yeah. with Adam. Right. Are you, I mean, that's kind of a weird vibe now. Um, yeah. I mean, he's become this, very clearly except for phoebe because she's again in such a just a fragile state that like she's not seeing it and then also i mean i still feel like he has her like medicated um Mm -hmm. (laughs) different things which just adds to i mean he's just really has become this like very conniving manipulative person that he's just doing what he can to get what he wants which is phoebe but ultimately her money her status Mm -hmm. that's what he's after yeah. I mean, I, f- I always felt like, yeah, Adam isn't a, a super awesome person, but I felt he was fairly harmless until, you know, the, the last couple of episodes. So I and it's hard to watch, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, you know, Joe and Marianne uh, and then to see Adam and Phoebe, you know, we there's just so many <laughs> abusive relationships in this series. <laughs> and it's just it's hard to watch. And it's gut wrenching to see someone, you know, at least that I care about, like Phoebe, who grew on me. Uh, none of the others really ever did, but she did. Yeah. 
to see how she is treated. You know, she has such a, a, a kind heart and to see her being taken advantage of. And I agree with you. I felt like, I think we mentioned it in last week's episode. It seemed like when her and Adam returned, wherever they'd been all night long, when he was supposed to be taking her to the um, uh, mental health facility, that mm-hmm. it looked like she was on something, that he had, had yeah. medicated her with something. She didn't quite seem herself. Now I know that she's experiencing uh, a mental health crisis, it seems, and really needs some help. But I do think she was under the influence of something, not to her own free will. And yeah, it yeah does, she does just seem some out. Yeah, like when Kate starts mentioning the health facility and like serious things again, she just like goes to a different... Oh, what if I tell you the most crazy thing? What if I told you that it's not actually an engagement party? It's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. she's just like avoiding things. Like, she's like, we're not going to talk about anything that's serious. We're going to talk about what I want. And we're going to talk about things that Adam has told me it's okay to talk about. Uh, you know, I get those feelings that he's like, he's kind of got his claws in. He's convinced her to forego this dream wedding mm-hmm. that she's had ever since a little child, just at the expense of it being a rush job because she's not thinking clearly. And, I think she's just scared of all these what ifs that I assume Adam is spoon feeding her regularly. I'm sure he's right there in her ear. Just, Oh yeah. But you know, if we don't do it right now, the killer could still be out there. If we don't do it right now, who knows what's going to happen? If you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's definitely pressuring her and manipulating her in every way he can. Yes. And it's so gross to watch, to know that he's somehow intervening Kate's messages. No one can get through to her. And I'm, and I, appreciate kate trying to reach her and get through to her and and do some kind of intervention on phoebe's behalf but i'm like where the hell's phoebe's family you know uh where are they at because i feel like if you come from such a wealthy family you're looking to protect not only that person but your entire family's wealth you don't want someone like adam getting their claws (laughs) into you don't want them to marry someone in your family without some sort of legal arrangement so is no one in contact as far as her family in contact with phoebe and and has he just like cut off contact with everyone that she knows one that would be a little bit concerning like why can't i get a hold of you go let's go find her if you got money and go find where she's at or what what's going on um so that seems a little bit of a stretch like does she not have any family at all that would also maybe have concerns about someone like adam not just adam himself but anyone like adam that could take advantage of her and um you know want to protect her not just from this person but also her financial uh well-being and you know not being able to take advantage of her so you know, I do wonder about that, but I get that we've just kind of got this core group of people. But it's it's concerning to see how quickly Adam turned from this just goofy, somewhat harmless, you know, kind of character who was kind of dumb, you know, mm-hmm. to, to now be this manipulative, dark, abusive uh, person. I mean, those looks that he gives Kate, it's just like, damn, you know, that. That was not the same Adam from a couple of episodes ago. So that I do think, because um, I wonder if, if they're trying to make Adam bad enough for Joe to think it's okay to go ahead and kill him, you know, like mm-hmm. he's justified or he's just kind of learning about what he actually did, but, you know, kind of under, you know, learning what he did and why he was killing um, that group of, of uh, rich people that he was involved right. with. Uh, I feel like that's where they're going with it. That's why, yeah, they're they're really showing him being bad. And then Kate telling Joe all those things about what he's doing. Because 
You remember in this episode, Reese, if we call him Reese, imaginary Reese, <laughs> Joe Reese, um, says to Joe, you know, admit who you are. Yeah. And then you'll be able to find where she is. And part of that admitting who you are might be, okay, now it's time for you to kill somebody and you know it's you doing it this time. Mm-hmm. And Adam fits the bill. <laughs> he does. Kill one more person completely on your own you know, in, in, in your own right mind for the same reason. And then once you've admitted that that's who you are as a killer, then you'll remember everything. And I'll, you know, you put all these pieces together. Of course, at the end of this episode, he is already remembering things. So I don't know if that really makes sense, but, um, <laughs> but I know that, you know, if Reese is pushing him to really admit and face who he is, one, one more kill could be part of that plan. And Adam seems to fit the bill. Agreed. And with this dark turn, Adam right now really represents everything Joe hates about rich people, um, mm-hmm. the greed, you know, um, and also when you think of how kind that Phoebe was to Joe when everyone else kind of hated him, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which maybe everyone still kind of hated him. But, you know, Phoebe really pushed for Joe to be in their circle, invited him yeah. to the events, invited him to you know, to do things, always calling on him and wanting him to be around. Um, and I swear, we've only got two more episodes. If I don't find out what the hell he uh, said to her at that freaking party mm-hmm. in episode one, I'm going to go have to bananas. Know. They better release it somehow, somewhere, <laughs> if we don't um, get that revelation in the next two episodes, because I haven't heard it yet. But I'm I'm thinking that because Phoebe was um, so kind to him, he would have a soft spot for her. And seeing as how Adam is treating her so horribly, He's going to want to protect Phoebe uh, as, you know, his friend, someone who's shown him kindness. He needs to eliminate Adam from from that to protect Phoebe. So I'm I'm feels so weird to like wish murder upon a character. But I gotta remember, <laughs> we're, it's fiction. It's OK. Uh, if Adam doesn't get a shit straight, I feel like that's where it's going to go. And right. maybe deservedly so um, just mm-hmm. for Joe to justify that. He represents everything he feels is bad about people and rich people, but also to protect his friend Phoebe, who did go out of her way to really show him kindness when everyone else was an ass to him. So, yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch. Hard to watch um, those two and how Adam treats her. I don't like it. All right. What's your next point? All right. Next one, again, I think kind of quick because I'm focusing on just one, you know, more at the beginning because we get a lot of re- reveals and truths that I'll talk about but mm-hmm. I wanted to focus more on Joe's transformation Okay, when he finally snaps what happens where's this break this mental break yeah uh, and so I guess you know we see that yeah he did let her go in that building and then he did follow her to the train station but then what he thought he originally did at the train station was not what happened uh <laughs> you know he didn't just steal the locket he drugged her kidnapped her which I, I don't know how he managed to take her unconscious body from a crowded train station but we're just gonna go with it i feel Suspicion, like sometimes disbelief. the writers are <laughs> just barreling us to a point without a whole lot of thought to it and we're just gonna yeah. have to roll just, with just it. forget <laughs> this happened and and stay with us <laughs> moving forward forget this over here yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> And so then, you know, he does that and he's feeding her, but he's going this whole, you know, give our relationship another chance. I'm like, buddy, that chance sailed 
a long way off if you're already if, when you have her tied and gagged <laughs> you have failed that's that ship has sailed the, the, the chance isn't happening i'm sorry uh yeah. <laughs> you've already lost but but that's kind of his thought as he's still in this like joe mind space but he's still joe at that point even where the plan he's built the cage he transports her there puts her there but that's when when he really sees the pain that that's caused her and the torment on her and she's pleading with him and begging with him and he's telling himself i this isn't me this isn't me i said that i was going to be better i said and that's what triggers this kind of split personality this disassociation this compartmentalizing all whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that then becomes reese and joe as two separate entities where he doesn't know what one is doing uh and we see a lot of like little hints throughout leading up to that he's got reese's like youtube channel just running 24 7 constantly and he's just like following all his vlogs and all you know like mm-hmm. His audio you know, we see the is video. on, like, loop constantly, yeah. yeah. And he's got these, like, yo, since my book came out, you know, and is doing really well with here, like, I'm just going to make these vlogs where you're, I'm showing you all my favorite locations. Here's my favorite Indian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Here's my favorite, you know, like, That's all these familiar. things that are, yeah. yeah, that are just living inside Joe's brain, uh, getting to kind of understand Reese's personality and his favorite things and all of those. And he's obsessively watching and listening. He's getting attached. Uh, I noticed in that YouTube video he's watching while he's there in this apartment or whatever with Marianne. And Reese says, the thing about getting money when you've never had it is you sort of never really feel like you have it. And I was like, where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah, that's what Reese said in quotations to Joe when they first met in quotations at the Sundry House. Um, Good callback. He said that exact same line to him there. And I was like, that's where Joe heard that from him Mm -hmm. was this YouTube video. so he's already having those feelings like, oh, Reese is talking directly to me, he's, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so, yeah, he's attached himself to this idea that Reese has done bad things and then he managed to make himself into a better person. And Joe believes he can do the same. Kidnapping and drugging a woman is a terrible start, but. Um, Oy, yeah. OK. Uh, but yeah, eventually he is scared of the person that he is, realizes that he isn't capable of change or he's not changing in any way. And that's what leads to this psychotic break where he disassociates himself in that moment. And I like that as Marion's pleading with him and you see him like talking, like I'm not this person, I'm not this before he bangs his head on the uh, glass, which kind of triggers like that break in his brain and in his mind, you hear the words of Reese from that audiobook saying, and in that moment I decided to become newborn. And then so that's what Joe does. He compartmentalizes this part of himself into a new person, into Reese. Yes. Good pickup. <laughs> I like that. And and I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because one of my um I also I, I've got a lot more smaller points than I do like bigger points, but this ties right into that because my um my point on this was I'm kind of confused a little bit on the timeline. And I'm curious, do you feel and maybe the answer is yes, I'm not sure, but you tell me based on what you just said, do you feel that they're being kind of clear on the timeline on when this happened exactly? Joe's where he broke? Yeah, um I think so. Uh 
if I piece it together. So he went to Paris, found out, you know, found Marion's painting and learned from the person there that she was in London at the fair, mm-hmm. went and found her there and then chose to let her go. That was him saying, I'm going to be a better person. And it was after that, that this PI or hitman, whatever, this other guy met with him, told him, take Marianne off the table and then you are free. You have a new identity. You have all this. And so then that's when he goes to the train station, kidnaps Marianne. All this stuff happens, puts her in the box. And he's already been kind of working on this whole Reese situation. He's been listening to that. I'm not sure exactly when that started. We know it's well before Nadia even gave him the book. He had already yeah. put all that out of his mind before that. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I think so. It's just kind of he when he went to the train station, kidnapped her, all that. And then after he had that break, part of that break was the memory of kidnapping her. And then the Joe part of him who wants to be better made up the story that and then I let her go. The end. Right. But that's really not what happened. Because <laughs> I'm a good uh, person. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I could never hurt her. So, and- yeah. And then he assumes the identity of Jonathan Moore, gets the job teaching. And then Nadia gives him the book, which maybe triggers the other killings and stuff because, like, he had the Reese part of him that was, uh, you know, separate and was dealing with Marianne. But now going back and revisiting the book, the Reese stuff is coming back into his head, and maybe that's what pushes him to start killing these other people. I think that makes sense. But I I feel like I'm, and I don't know, maybe they're being, you know, unclear on purpose, but when Joe is burying and ridding himself of the real Reese that he killed, Mm -hmm. his other self, the fake reese imaginary reese um explains uh that you know you you've been insane ever since you kidnapped marianne or really ever since joe murdered love and left henry so it's been brewing for a long time yeah this has been going for a long time and it's not that surprising when you look at every when you go back and look at seasons one two and three what happened at the end of three that then got us here to four um all the things that have either happened to joe and even before that like we we got so many flashbacks to his childhood and everything that trauma happened to him, of like a, him yeah 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 he's got a lot of childhood trauma um that he's um had to deal with and a lot of things in his life and then where we pick up you know mm-hmm. uh, as uh, an adult joe and uh, the things that we've witnessed in the previous seasons but i I feel like they're not being super clear. I don't know if that's a choice that they're making as far as not kind of diving into that. Maybe we'll get more of an answer when now that he's kind of becoming aware of this other yeah. side of himself and, you know, learning, yeah. like, I think, oh, I've done these other things. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the only time, the only like piece in the timeline we don't know. Yeah. is like, when did he actually start obsessing over this? Reese situation like where when did that act, how when and how did that actually start I feel it would be whenever he got to either London or Europe because Marianne says because he's like have you ever heard of Reese Montrose she's like well yeah pretty much everyone in Europe knows who Reese Montrose is so yeah I'm sure he was high up in the news his book was probably everywhere uh, he picked up on it really quickly and I th- I think 
I think it was definitely around that time, maybe when like Marianne is still, because I think it's kind of important to look at how his obsession shifted. You know, it like said it went from, mm-hmm. you know, Marianne to then Reese. And we yeah. saw how much Reese was an obsession, you know, in the flashbacks with Marianne when we were getting all these pieces to the puzzle, how he's constantly watching, like I said, the YouTube videos. He's listening to the audiobook. It's just loop after loop after loop and on repeat. Repeat shuffle, I think. He just keeps listening to all this <laughs> Reese Montrose um, content. And then we saw the book and we saw later the box and all the things. Mm-hmm. So that's what Joe does every time he's obsessed with someone. He collects and keeps this, these souvenirs. Very creepy. I'm glad to not yeah. see a used tampon in this box, which right. I don't know how Reese would have, you know, but right. anyway. That was, yeah, he's got like that was like the sweaty gym towel and <laughs> tissues. Like he's got the other. It's like he's got a box, an obsession box on Reese. He stalked him around. It's the first time he's had this obsession box for a man. So first obsession box for someone he doesn't want to screw. At least not that I'm aware of. Maybe I don't. Yeah, <laughs> maybe some part of him is maybe like hmm, I don't know. He did have some attraction uh, <laughs> to Reese. There could have been some attraction there. It's they're not real clear about that, but. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, I felt like I was a little fuzzy on when that started his, his that shifting of his obsession from Marianne. Yeah. Cause I feel like he can't have more than one, one time, like it shifts and it, it moves quickly, uh, but it can never be mm-hmm. more than one person. So it went from Marianne. He kind of just forgot about her. He carries on. And he's basically just a shadow of himself or a ghost of himself every time he comes to see her when he doesn't remember what he's doing. Um, so I don't know. I just I feel like it's just I can't quite pinpoint it. But and I'm not yeah. convinced. I I do totally believe that he's suffering from some sort of psychosis. I'm not sure that oh, I'm yeah. convinced he has some sort of like disassociative disorder or something where he's got like a split personality. I I don't think that. Maybe they'll say that later or something and I don't know that it's important. I do think he's suffering from a mental illness. I do think he's suffering a psychosis clearly. Um yeah. <laughs> clearly. And I you know, I think he's um a psychopath based on what he's done, but I don't know if I'm convinced that he has some sort of split personality or anything like that. I think that he just right. really is just suffering a a, a break somewhere mm-hmm. so i don't know um it's it's kind of like a form of it where it's it's still him yeah but like what reese i just call it reese whatever yeah, this is this work. part of him says is, i mean you took all the bad parts of yourself and were able to funnel them you know pour them into this vessel that is a charming enough person that you can sit and have a pint with like you know that you can put all that into a different person mm-hmm. that you're like oh that's that's what reese does i don't do that that's what so it kind of is a different identity in a way, but I feel like it's not like your, you know, cookie cutter DID or something like that or split personality. It's it's very, it's kind of its own thing. It's a new, like a different version. It's, it's just all Joeified. Because it's still <laughs> him. It's just, yeah. it's like he took this better part of him where he is convinced himself that he can turn a new leaf, be a good person. I'm not going to kill anyone anymore. You know, I'm going to be a good person mm-hmm. and I'm going to protect, you know, people instead of like kill them. 
he took like the good parts of himself, at least what he thinks are the good parts of himself, and like was suppressing the other side of himself that because he like convinced himself that he could change and he couldn't he couldn't bear you know what he did and was just like nope because he was so he's so like hell bent on like redemption and that's mm-hmm. I think what was key as to why he related to Reese so much because he he thought this guy went from nothing to having money and I don't know that money is important to Joe necessarily maybe it is because he didn't have it I think you know he was a he was a, a poor kid an orphan you know uh, foster care and things like that but so maybe that's important to him but I because I mean and maybe that's why he acts out on or, or um you know antagonizes rich people all the time I feel like every every season he's always after some rich people and is always yeah. you know really um awful to them which some of them deserve to be because some of them were pretty wretched but um so you know he he has like what Reese wants he, you know Reese was redeemed and that's what he was looking for within himself so yeah. um yeah, I was just trying to really kind of pinpoint like when it really started. But I do think that it was a good representation of, you know, there with Marianne when he couldn't take that he actually hurt her and yeah. um, just kind of suppressed that side of himself, or at least he thought anyway. Well, that side of himself was still outdoing all the <laughs> all the bad things. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's all I had to contribute to, to that it was I was just like, I'm not clear on this on this timeline. So maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity on that. I don't know. Maybe they won't. What's your next point? All right. So that was like your your point also. Yeah, yeah. That. I was just adding on on to you. Yep. All right. Uh so like I guess my next one uh is the other half of that coin. Ooh. Uh later on is we see where he split in a way mm-hmm. into Reese. And so now in this episode, we're seeing those two parts come back together to one coin and he's coming to grips with the reality he is in. And so this is kind of the truths revealed um, where he's coming to grips with the reality of the situation. He's in denial, of course, at first, but you know, mental Reese is still there as he's looking at the dead body of mayoral candidate Reese Montrose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, got a buried a uh, body to bury. Chop chop, which oof. Choice of words. Yeah. Choice of words, oof. Reese. Um too soon. <laughs> yeah. And then that, you know, you've been crazy for a while. This has been brewing for a long time. Uh and he's going back through everything. I had a little side note that like which I'll talk about the Marion scenes, the opening of the episode kind of more later. But after seeing all of that, it was really kind of hard to go back to Joe. And listen to his inner voice kind of cracking jokes and talking himself through things. Cause I was like, I don't want to hear Joe right now. I fucking hate him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm after watching the Marianne stuff, I'm mad at Joe. I hate Joe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to him. I don't want to hear what he has to think and say. So bravo to that emotional connection. The show will make you have within 15 minutes, you know, or whatever. Absolutely. You're like, don't take me back to Joe. I'm, I'm mad. I'm not speaking to Joe right now. Don't, <laughs> you know, I had that feeling. I was like, I don't, I don't care what Joe has to say. I don't care what he's going through. Did you just see what he did? Uh, but yeah, Joe is going back through everything. Reese is kind of just revealing. Nope. This is the truth. Here's actually what happened. It's always been you. Like he goes to look at the footage to prove that he's not crazy. And 
Well, would you look at that? He's certifiable. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's watching the video of him yelling at nothing. <laughs> and he's so like, glad oh. they went back to that. Yeah. He's like, oh, great. And then he's running down all the interactions he's had with Reese. He's like, but we, we spoke in public. And he's like, did we, though? Uh, he's like, nope, you were just talking to yourself. There was no bartender there. So they answered my question from last week about yes, that. Yes, I back noticed. And showed that. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, you were just talking to you're sitting in a chair talking to the empty chair next to you at all these places. And nobody really thought much about it because everyone was high off their minds. So they figured you were too. Uh, so you just were talking. And I like that, like things that we pointed out over the season, as we've talked, like when they were at uh, like the little get together after Simon's funeral or whatever, where you were like, nobody even answered any of Reese's questions or like comments. And it's like, and he brought that up. He's like, but was I really part of the conversation or did I just say some stuff and then nobody responded and I left? <laughs> so damn validated. I'm like, that's everything that I was talking about. Me and, and, you know, everyone that, you know, agreed and chimed in on the theory that, you know, that that made sense. So I felt very validated <laughs> to see all that yeah, come together. That was, that was really fun. Uh, and then, of course, you are full fat, extra sugar, deep fried, fucking insane Joel Goldberg. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> great line. Good line. Um, and then going back and showing how he did kill everyone, he's like, "So Rold was like right," and he's like, right, "You know, right there, yeah, that's why I served him up to you." And we see him, yeah. Joe kicks over the lantern and then like sits down and kind of goes to sleep and then wakes back up as Joe. And <laughs> oh no, uh, so yeah. So it very much is like he would like fall asleep and then snap into being a completely different person. Uh, which is interesting. He's going back and seeing how all these things transpired, really. Uh, of course, it's a lot for him to take in. Mm-hmm. But then the most important part he's remember, reminded of, you know, Marianne. That's that line, admit to, you know, admit who you are. You remember where you, uh, you put her. And yeah, we talked about a little bit there as he's talking with Reese, where he learns the m- more truth that yeah, he was already a Reese Montrose super fan before Nadia gave him the book. But like I said, he didn't remember all of that because he'd already uh, compartmentalized it after the Marianne situation. But he does obsess. There's, there's always a box. <laughs> there's always a box. I knew it. Yeah. So then we got to get to where the episode ended. Uh, Joe's favorite Indian restaurant, uh, because it's Reese's favorite Indian restaurant, we learn. Uh, creature of habit. So, you know, where's a good location for a cage? Where would I put it? And as he gets closer, things start flashing back to his memory he's remembering things and pieces are connecting and that's where we get him walking up to the door opening it where the episode ends where seemingly he's going down to the cage area where nadia is with marianne however i don't think that's the case i have a feeling we're being misdirected here a little bit oh do you think think, so okay i think so i think i think nadia was earlier. I think Nadia came back for her earlier. Mm. I have a feeling that Joe's going to walk down there and the cage is going to be empty somehow. But whatever Nadia had planned. Like whatever plan she had that yeah. they were able to put that in place before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can And the reason right, I because yeah. at first I was like, why would Nadia go down there when she knows that Joe or Jonathan Moore is like, doesn't have class and he's free and could show up at any moment. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, no, Nadia went down there directly after she left his classroom when he still had other classes. I have a feeling that so they when they showed Nadia go back down there and say I have a plan or whatever that that was way well before we actually have Joe show it going 
But because I think she's smart enough to go when she knows he has class, not when he's got free time. But now that you say that, I'm having um because I just watched the episode right before we hopped on mm-hmm. here. Nadia is in the background walking to the abandoned building while Joe is standing in front of the Indian restaurant, and he almost sees her as he's turning oh, away yeah. from the Indian restaurant. We just see. I was taking notes on this. I forgot. I didn't catch that the second time. Well, I, I was like, oh, yeah, you're time. probably right. But then I was like, wait a minute. Didn't, yeah. not, didn't uh. Nadia, wasn't she in the background when when Joe's standing in front of that? Because he's kind of standing there and he's like, what the fuck? You know, he's Dang. having all these moments. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know. So maybe he does walk in on he them might. both down he there. He might. But, yeah. But we'll then, see. yeah, then that kind of goes to another gripe where I'm like, well, I'm hoping somehow I'm still right on that because. Again, wouldn't Nadia be smart enough to? Because she even says to Marion, "It's like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do all this stuff while he's in class. So then, why would she? She knows his schedule enough; she can find it out. Then why would she take the time to go down there when she knows he could show up at any time? Because I'm questioning how smart Nadia really is after <laughs> this episode and like last week's episode. So <laughs> I'm starting mm-hmm. to doubt her being like the smartest student in his class now. <laughs> right." I don't know. Was there enough time for her to go down there and get her out before Joe gets over there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, add Nadia to the list of people, you know, that should be worried for sure. Yeah. Was that all that you wanted to say? But yeah, okay. yeah, that's my okay. point. Yeah, just Sorry. to kind of talk about, yeah, Joe revisiting all of. Yeah, like the, the Nadia it. at the end thing was kind of a weird little tangent to end it on. But yeah, but like mainly the point, yeah, was just getting good to go back and see. Yeah. Where's he been? Where's he going? Right. Um. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. A really good title for the for the um, episode. And yeah, I yeah, we talked about that in, in the beginning. I enjoyed kind of getting not just the, the gaps there with Marianne, but to kind of get that validation of, you know, but he's like, but. I spoke to you in public and you know all these things and he's like but but did you really and kind of seeing how it all come together and then the camera <laughs> you see thor did you though yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the camera you know i was like yes finally a freaking camera to kind of show some some proof you know um that that he's not there and joe has uh really gone bye-bye yeah um as as we've known him well my next point is actually um, what happened to Marianne. Uh, so I'll, I'll, that kind of is a really great segue where you left it. Um, it, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, like with the Adam and Phoebe thing being kind of hard to watch. This was kind of hard to watch, you know, kind of. Oh my God. W- wasn't that hard, you know, it, and I wonder if it really needed to go on for as long as what it did. I mean, maybe. They really need to push how far Joe is going uh, to, to nearly. And I mean, still, we don't know. Um, hopefully, Marion survives, but we got two more episodes. But right now she's alive. Mm-hmm. But he was willing to just let her die. And I, I guess they were trying to show how desperate it really was for her. But I'm like, did they really have to go that far and that long into this torture? Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, let's. Let's spend some more time torturing a woman, you know, uh, locking her up and torturing her. Um, but I, I liked any way that they kind of started off where she's telling this very on the nose parable 
you know, about birds that are just going to fly away and, but also sometimes get their wings broken. Um, but the, the rest of it was hard to watch how she, how you see how she depletes her water, um, running out of food, mm-hmm. um, how she keeps focusing and kind of talking to Juliet to try and keep her focused, you know, to keep her strong, um, and to keep her going, building these little origami, um, looks like birds and such. Um, that was hard to watch. So I, you know, didn't, didn't love that. So I'm, I guess maybe that was her purpose for having to, to show how desperate she is there it's, when Nadia finds her. Yeah. It is. I think it's as hard as it is to watch. It is a good reminder after the connection we've had with Joe, this whole season yeah. for them to go, remember, remember how despicable he truly is though. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a really good point. Absolutely. Um, and we got the flashbacks. We got to go back, um, like you mentioned, uh, to Marianne uh, f- seeing him in London. And <laughs> this is a little funny part for me anyway. Um, when we get that scene of her where she's at that artist's booth and then she kind of lifts her head up and she just because you feel you, you kind of feel sometimes when someone's watching you or or yeah. following you or something and you kind of feel that hair on the back of your neck rise up and so she gets that feeling she turns around and i swear i did not see joe at all until he had his hat off did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even it kidding works. the head of invisibility I'm, works <laughs> i'm not even kidding <laughs> That I swear uh, to you, and I don't know if it was just because maybe they had it slightly blurred or something, the people <laughs> in the background when she turns and she's looking in the crowd and at first she sees nothing. And then all of a sudden, that mm-hmm. second glance, there's Joe standing there with his hat in his hand. And I'm like, oh, my God, was he really <laughs> invisible with that goddamn hat? <laughs> We've made fun of the hat this whole time, and it really works. It is a hat of invisibility. Dang! <laughs> and I swear, I was wearing my glasses when I watched it, so I can't, I can't blame my poor vision for. <laughs> but I swear, um, that's funny. <laughs> I really had that. Uh, I put it in my notes. I'm like, was he really not there until he took his hat off? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but. I liked when Reese is taking Joe through all of this and really putting back to, you know, giving those pieces and finding out what happened to her. I think it was important to see that, um, how far he went to see what he actually really did do to her, putting the sedative in her coffee, um, kidnapping her. Um, and then, you know, knowing that, well, by this point, Joe's, like you said, already fixated on Reese. When did that start? How far is he? Um, into that because he's still kind of obsessing over Marianne like we're we're gonna fix our relationship so he still has this mm-hmm. obsession with her but it seems to be shifting a little bit to, to Reese so it's curious yeah. um, I don't know maybe there was a little bit of that between uh, love and then Natalie when that kind of shifted maybe and how mm-hmm. it kind of you know and then went very quickly from Natalie once she was out of the picture uh, to then Marianne um, we know Joe definitely yeah. hops, but not usually, I guess with the exception of love when the other person's still alive, you know, usually after that obsession, once they're gone, then he moves on to someone else. So I don't know, a little yeah. bit of a different situation, but either way, um, seeing all the things that happened, you know, and I'm like, where is this flat that he was in, in London? That's not the same 
flat mm-hmm. that he's in now. So when did he when did he move there? What was this place that he was staying at when he had Marianne, you know, uh, tied to the chair? Um, but you know, we see him listening to those speeches, um, you know, and and you can see his obsession growing and how he he's already drifting. You know, he won't even really listen to Marianne. He won't really talk to her. He's just so obsessed with Reese. So I really like seeing yeah. those moments and kind of getting that far and and yeah maybe it was important because you make a really good point and i had this in my notes too what i liked about this episode versus all the other i feel like seasons and earlier episodes in in season four this episode we got all of this through marianne's perspective which Mm -hmm. showed us how bad joe really is joe is not a good guy and it's it's easy to not pay attention to that when it's always from his perspective, but he's an unreliable narrator. So I think that this, because people are just like really, Penn Badgley has done an amazing job this season. And in this episode yeah. in particular, <laughs> absolutely amazing. And I've, um, of course, tagged on a lot with a lot of folks and been like, he looks really hot this season. Like the beard and the longer <laughs> it's hair. The beard. The, it's always the beard. Uh, but and so it's kind of easy to forget how bad he really is because everything you see is from his perspective and especially this season where he's just trying to be a good guy right this gave such a clear picture of how bad he really is and he needs to just go um he seeing it from marianne's perspective and how he treated her and seeing how cold I mean, he even had his voice already is kind of deep anyway. Like Joe just has mm-hmm. like a deeper voice. But did, didn't you see it or hear it a little bit more dark and sinister when he was like his other self talking to Marianne? Like, yeah, I'm just keeping you here until he comes back to kill you or whatever. I'm like, that's not even like Joe sounding, you know? Yeah, it was a different voice. I'm I'm glad that it was. It was a different voice, but I'm glad that he didn't like try to like put on a British accent when he was Reese. Like that would have been like, I'm not Joe anymore. What are you talking about? It's like mm, I don't know. <laughs> Joe's gone. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> that would have been too much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right. Um, I I think that's all that I had to say for that point. Um, did you did you have another point um, that you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, I've got. I only I've got four, so this is my last one. But it's okay. It's awesome. the same thing. Is is Marianne and to talk about her because it's a big one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, you mentioned that we kind of got the viewpoint and sort of inner monologue, not really, but kind of like her version of it. The episode yeah. started from from Marianne's viewpoint. Just cool. We kind of it's like a flashback of her leaving Paris to go to this art fair and her last interaction she had with her daughter Juliet. And then we kind of get where she's telling Juliet the story of the Nightingale that gets trapped by the fox. But then we kind of learned that it's not really a story she was telling her daughter. It's 
in her mind, she's telling this story to her daughter. It's kind of her comfort place to try to keep her going through this situation she's in. She's imagining herself sitting with Juliet in her room, telling her the story. And then it kind of gives her that mental strength of Juliet, like in her mind being like, change the story, do something different. What do you, you know, and Mm -hmm. giving her that strength, which I really liked. Uh, Cause man. And then on that flashback, her promising, you know, I'll be back. I'll come back. I was just like breaking my heart, knowing what was coming. I know. Man. So sad. I like the, uh, the U logo was hand drawn kind of Marianne style. A little thing for her was really fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a fun little different than what they usually do. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah. And then just to see what her, her trying, you know, she fakes taking the sedatives so that she can try to get the jump on Joe when he transfers her to the cage. Of course, that mm-hmm. does not work, does not go well at all. Ends with her still in the cage, but also now with a broken arm. No so, kidding. Ugh, Jeez. Not not good. And then just the, the torture she goes through in there. I mean, hey, I I like Indian food as much as the next person, but every single day is a little much. Like, I well, love a good pagsan, uh, uh, sag paneer. That's what maybe my favorite Indian food is a sag paneer. And but when she's like, again, I'm like, no, I get it. I, I couldn't eat it every day. Uh, <laughs> well, and and also apparently crappy Indian yeah, food. Yeah, and apparently it's not even to, the best. <laughs> to Kate, yeah. It's like so mediocre if, if, sag paneer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if, at least if you have to eat it every day, uh, at least it could be good. Right. Uh, yeah, not mediocre. And then the Oxy, which I didn't understand her reaction at first, but then she's explaining it to Juliet. It, I was like, oh, yeah. Took me a minute, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, quite a touch. You know, because, yeah, pain medication for the arm, but also, yeah, a uh, drug addict. Um, And she knows that that would spiral her. And again, I don't know whether Reese Joe whatever he was, was aware of that or not in the mindset he was at, or if it was a purposeful thing, I'm not sure. I don't think we're clear on that, but if it's, if, if it was meant to get her addicted again, again, what a piece of shit that we got to realize how, how bad Joe really is uh, getting this perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, either way for Marianne, it's, it's quite a stab to her. It's it's Mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, and then she tries a different approach of trying to be nice. So I'm going to kill him with kindness kind of thing. And is like trying to pull the, the Joe back out of him. And he's just like completely disasso- uh, dissociated at that point. Like it's just not working. And that's when he leaves again, when he says, you know, I'm, you know, Joe's not coming back whatever until he does to kill you or whatever. Uh, which man that's heavy, but then that leads into Maybe my favorite scene of not just this entire se- like season, but maybe the whole show mm-hmm. uh, is just this time lapse of Marianne in the box where she's just kind of biding her time, but then realizes the food stops coming and she's working on healing herself, healing her arm, but then she starts losing hope again. Uh, but it, it's all because it's set to the music. Uh, it's Bells in Santa Fe by Halsey. Yeah, which yeah, good music. God, I love that song already, but it added so much. Like it started playing, I was like, "Oh my god, Halsey!" And then, like, I'm singing along with it, but then I find myself like getting choked up, and like, it added so much to this scene. Uh, I haven't been doing the music section lately. I kind of dropped off of mm-hmm. it because, eh, it's been like you know, whatever. Yeah, it for- hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't made 
as much of an impact or hasn't they haven't really had anything um to really talk about right. so but yeah until now but this song is getting its dues this week because like i said i already mm-hmm. love this song and it's funny because i watched the episode the first time and then just like i was listening to this song this song came up and i was listening to it at work over the weekend and i couldn't help but immediately just picture this scene of the episode when it came on and like really? i got chills and like it just so i was like well thanks like that song will forever be connected to this oh. scene on this show oh, now so no. thanks you uh <laughs> oh well it's really interesting that the not only did the song that you live the song and it has an impact on you yeah. but then for it to be tied to <laughs> you know when you watch this episode that when you hear it again you're immediately back to this right scene again so that's impactful yeah and but then just how it was so perfectly chosen like lyrically and stuff you know you won't even notice little bird. I'm like, okay, like goosebumps. Like I was like, mm-hmm. we just got the whole bird connection with her and her daughter. And then listening to those, you know, so don't wait for me, wait for me, wait. Uh, it's not a happy ending. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah. They, they did a good job. It, Musical choice. Yeah, that, that scene, it, it does. It, even on second watch, it was just like emotionally, like I find myself just like tearing up and, Again, it helps drive that point home. It's that good reminder of like the sick monster that Joe really is. And you can't help but just feel this sick feeling in the pit of your stomach of like, I need Marion to survive this. Or I like, I don't know how I feel about what's going on if she doesn't, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it was a good, good way of the show really flipping everything on its head and reminding you like, no, Joe is the bad guy and what he's doing is terrible and you should feel terrible about who he is and it it did a good job with that um and then just to see marion like completely broken where she's been using that you know telling the story to julia in her mind as kind of a coping mechanism and when you just see her sitting in the corner of that box going once upon a time and she can't do anything past that she's just that's it she's drained yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it is rough. It was really sad. Be, you know, I, I, I'll admit, I, it, it took me, in season three, I mean, I didn't dislike her or anything, but I can't say that I really cared that much for Marianne mm-hmm. in season three. Like, I just didn't connect with her. Um, so I, I don't know how much I really cared about her until this episode. Yeah. They, they did a really good job of helping us connect to Marianne. And maybe that's why we needed to spend so much time with her and to see all of these things that, that she was going through with Joe abandoning her, leaving her, torturing her, um, not to, you know, um, don't like seeing how he was abusing her or anything like that and mistreating her. But I think it, it made you feel connected to her and her acting was just on, just on par. Yeah. So good. So I think I think maybe we really needed to maybe me, I'll speak for myself, needed to see that to really connect with Marianne and and care about her and want her to get past this and get be reunited with her daughter. Yeah. Cause it worked for me anyway. It was a powerful scene for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then yeah, and then I had just like a little like sort of snarky note about yeah. Not really it's not a great place for snark, but uh <laughs> yeah, but then if she says when she does get some more to her story, she just goes, and the fox had left her to starve to death. 
I was like, man, that's rough. And I was like, well, actually, the fox is traipsing around Hampsey right now, trying to find the killer who's actually himself. But <laughs> right. Ugh. Freaking Joe. Yeah, for anyone that that was like, but Joe's so relatable, and I really hope he makes it. I'm like, mm. Mm. you know, I don't know. I'd love to know the thoughts on that. If if anyone feels differently after this episode, because man, it. You know, it's I, I think I've said a lot during this season, like, wow, you really kind of forget all the bad things Joe's done. But it's because we keep getting his perspective and his view. And when you see it from one of his victims, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. this this dude's got to go. It's, this is this is not good. So I, 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 I and it's probably intentional. You know, I feel like they're doing it for a reason. Right. So making him or making us see him that way. Yeah. That's really good. Um, my last point, and it's really just very short, and it ties into what you were just talking about with all of this with Marianne, and that's Nadia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this as I've well. I've got some notes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, I mean, we could probably call this notes. I don't know how much of a point it really is, more of a note, but just, you know, you were talking earlier about Nadia and I'm again just really questioning her choices in um, the last couple of episodes because all I wanted to do well all I was doing and all I want to keep saying and yelling is call the freaking cops right (laughs) man I I did have a huge gripe with that specific mm -hmm. scene because I know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah it I felt like and and you you mentioned it in a, during last week's um episode you know some a few nitpicks and a little bit of lazy writing and i feel like we had a little bit of that in this episode because i could not fathom i feel like marian's reason for telling nadia not to call the police were so flimsy yeah. and it made zero sense to me i I I heard her. Well, he always gets away with it. You know, it's 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 not going to go as planned. But I'm just like, you know what? Deal with it later. Like I get he 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 could get away with it. You're worried he might still come after you or come after Juliet. Deal with it later. Deal with it after. Get out of the yeah. box. Yeah, I. You know, you are going to die in there. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't understand. Yeah, you can't call the police because he always gets away with it. Well. No, that's not a great, it's like, that's the drama angle going in. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, yeah no, call yeah. the fucking police. Have them come down here, bust you out of the box, go arrest him, whatever. But meanwhile, you go away, get out of there. Like I said, you deal with that later, but out of the box Live. is better than being trapped in it because, yeah, I, like, I get her fear of him. Yes, absolutely. And fear of what could happen if he does get away with it like he always has. There is a track record there. But I feel like, yeah. To get out of the box would be a more pressing concern. And also, I just didn't buy Nadia going along with it. Like, okay, yeah, I trust you. That makes total sense. Like, I'm yeah, thinking if I'm Nadia, I'd be like, like I, I get that you're scared, but no, I'm calling the police because I'm getting you out of there. Like, Nadia's listening to a woman who um, is probably somewhat hallucinating herself, mm-hmm. who has been starving, dehydrated. She's not in her, like, right mind. Like, She's been isolated alone by herself, no food, no water, 
she's not in her right mind. Why, Nadia, would you listen to her when she's like, no, don't call the cops all these things? I'd be like, I'm sorry. I I understand what you're saying. I We have to get you help, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, this, because... The, the the excuse of well he just he'll he always gets away with it well say uh he's joe goldberg he killed his wife you know here's this whole story of everything that she knew about him in, in Madrilinda and what happened that's a pretty easy thing to look up yeah uh and if if they can question him if they actually capture him and question him or something i mean that's that's not going to be so easy to wiggle out of right. so i just i'm like not buying giving him you know, more credit that, than he's due. <laughs> yeah i mean it's a little bit different situation than what maybe he was in in other seasons and and stuff you know as far as being able to get away with it but i'm like i don't know i'm just i'm not buying it and so i'm disappointed that that's the how i get it we got two more episodes right joe can't get caught yet yeah. or we can't you know <laughs> it's not the finale we can't call the cops yet <laughs> so you know i'm like okay it's for the, like you said, for the drama, and we're not at the end of this, uh, the season yet. You know, we've got a couple more episodes, but it, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know if I really appreciate how it played out because one bad choice by Nadia to be listening to someone who's been trapped in this box and not in a good state of mind, um, considering everything that's happened to her being held hostage and captive and dehydrated and scared to death, of course. Um, but yeah, so it, I, I didn't like that. So I don't know. I really wish um, it had went the other way. So and I also think Nadia is also in danger, mm-hmm. even if she doesn't get caught right now, like as Joe's getting ready to, you know, that's kind of where it ended was him turning the door yeah. doorknob. Um, and I think I think we're on the same timeline. I think Nadia is in there. Currently yeah, I didn't think so until you rem- reminded me that. Well, we saw her walk I, in the background and I was like, oh yeah, then I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was totally on board with you. I was totally on board with you. Um, but we don't know how much time lapsed. I like, mean, that's a great idea, Pig, except you're wrong. <laughs> I was right there with you and then I had a, yeah. a, a flash. My memory actually worked for once <laughs> and was like, oh, hey, wait, there's that one, one little part. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, I, I think she could be in danger too. Uh, maybe she's going to get thrown in the damn box. And then, and then like, Nadia, did you tell anyone? Did you take any pictures, at least for proof? You know, um, even if you are going to leave her down there, you're going to go off and leave her. Um, take some pictures. That's a great and, idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for proof to be like, because then what if she goes back and Marianne's not there? The box isn't there. Something, you know, um, it, w- with her being this... Um, murder mystery fanatic you know and all about evidence why is she not like take let me take pictures let me take a video mm-hmm. get video of marianne and what she's saying in case something happens um before she comes back or something i don't know i'm just thinking all of these things yeah, there's a lot of things she could do much better <laughs> yeah so a little disappointed uh with that because usually the show's a lot stronger yeah you know um and how they write these things but you know, it's whatever. It's again, this is, you know, just a fun show um, and not to be taken too seriously, but you can't completely ignore mm-hmm. <laughs> some of these things that don't right. make sense. So that's that's my little nitpick. Um, that was my last point or no, if you want to call it that probably more of a note because I know it was pretty short. But um, did you have do you have anything else? Any other notes or points? Um, I just had a couple other notes about. 
Nadia, uh, which that was a big one, but then just yeah. some of the other stuff. Like I was again timeline things. I was a little confused at at first, but I think I've got figured out. Is because she tells Marianne that she made copies of the key, but she still needed to go back and replace it. Oh God, yeah, what the hell? But I guess she managed to do it. It was just like off screen, away from mm-hmm. what we were saying. Because yeah, when Joe finally does open the book the keys in there so she had done that at some point uh before school i guess yep. they just kind of i guess to to let us know why the key was back she just said oh i'm gonna go do it and then we didn't see her do it but she did it i guess uh which hopefully joe doesn't still have that camera going right she did that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the camera was was the camera running when she came in the first time and he just didn't oh yeah he just she was didn't watch to that point because he stopped it after going oh i am crazy cool got it right uh, Nothing else to see here. <laughs> so there could still be video evidence of her going into his apartment and walking out with that key that he could find. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, this inner Reese, very highly suspicious of Nadia while they're in class, which, yeah, I mean, smartest and best student, right? But she didn't do the homework and she's distracted and there's a lot of red flags there. She was pretty smart to kind of throw him off with a quick dating problem excuse, but... It's about the boys. Right. Which yeah. then Joe is like, oh, it's about a boy. And he's smiling like, that's great. And then Reese is like, yeah, I still don't trust it. Which is funny to think now because it's just, that's just an inner voice of Joe. Where it's still like the two sides of him. He'd be like, oh, that makes sense. And then the little voice in his head going like, no, it doesn't really. <laughs> still be suspicious yeah, of so, her. <laughs> it's so weird. Instead of like his inner monologue, it's like yeah. there's a face now to this like inner monologue and that's how we're getting it it's a little little weird right kind of reminds me of a dexter new blood without spoiling things for anybody who maybe hasn't watched that yet but there's a similar kind of yeah good point (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's really the only other notes i had was just some of the nadia stuff i don't know how how things are going to pan out for her probably not great if this show has taught me anything about people who get involved from the outside. <laughs> and say anybody that gets too close to Joe to figuring out who he really is and getting suspicious and questioning things doesn't always turn out so well for them. Yeah. So she better be careful. Again, take, take, take videos, take evidence, do something. I mean, it sounds like she did. She's like, oh, I got copies of everything and I've done all these things. I mean, that was smart. That was good. And she was sneaky enough to get it back in there before he discovered, you know, in time for him to find the key to um, the cage. But uh, I still question her other choices. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the shock of finding someone in a freaking glass cage. I mean, if if I'd never seen this show, I think I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Right. I, don't, I don't know that I'd be thinking of all the right things, I guess. But still. <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. I think that's a good place to leave it. I don't think I have anything else, um, you know, to say. I, I, you know, I did like, you know, um, Joe and Reese's discussions when they're at their flat. I think we covered that, you know, as, you know, they're having this whole talk and Joe's finding the key. And I really liked to, um, I know we talked about it, but the book, like we found the copy Nadia gave uh, him of uh, Reese's book, but Joe's copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that like was, writing himself secret messages and stuff inside. Yeah. And, hi, Joe. Oh, man. Uh, and all the, the, the little 
uh, like post-it flags mm. on all the pages and the highlighting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how many times has he read that book? What in the world is, you know, it was just, wow. Yeah. I, I feel like this was a whole different level of obsession that we hadn't seen yet. I mean, we've seen some pretty, ex- he's went to extremes yeah. for sure. This was something a little different. Um, yeah. So I, I liked that in that box of souvenirs. I know we talked about that. Um, so different, different happenings this season for sure. Um, and I liked it. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, before we move on to listener feedback, um, I did just have one item. Um, I don't always have news around this time because, uh, we still have two more episodes to go and I'm worried about spoilers. However, there was something, well, I don't know. You can take this however you want. Maybe it is spoilery. I don't know. I know. I think you saw it. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, you did see it. But for our listeners, I don't know. Hopefully this isn't too spoilery, but um, just be forewarned and skip ahead if you're a little little worried to listener feedback. So on Friday, today is Tuesday. So on Friday, just a few days ago, Netflix announced that you, which we know is a hit thriller starring Penn Badgley, has been renewed for a fifth and final season. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of tells us what won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Without me actually saying it, like I said, I feel like it's kind of spoilery. I was like, did they really? Anyway. um, I guess it's been out for a few weeks at this point. Most people. They're assuming everyone's finished it. (laughs) You know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I felt like there was a probably good chance that there was going to be a season because they hadn't actually declared the fourth season being the final season and i'm like if they haven't announced it then probably not but you never know until you hear the final um so yes been renewed for a fifth and final so that means season five that's it um Along with season five, there's also going to be a change of showrunners with executive producers Michael Foley and Justin W. Lowe taking over for Sarah Gamble, um, who originally developed You with Greg Berlanti and ran the show for the first four seasons. Um, So I thought that was interesting. So, you know, not only are we getting a new season, but we're also getting like a little bit of a change um, in leadership there. So it'll be interesting to see. If they, I mean, it sounds like they've already kind of been a part of the show, so it's not like a whole new group of people or anything. So, but it'll be interesting to see if if anything changes. Yeah, in that so like season. a different vibe. But this season's been a very different vibe already. So it has been. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, and yeah, it makes sense. I'm glad we're getting one more. But I'm also, and I don't know, as a fan of the show, it feels like you shouldn't have thoughts like this. But like, I've seen enough good TV to know, like. No, sometimes the best way for good TV to remain good is you got to end it when it's time. And exactly. I'm honestly perfectly okay with it. Like, am I going to miss the show? Sure. But also, I'm more interested in making sure that it ends with the, the, the story ends where the story's supposed to end instead of just getting run into the ground like I have seen other shows do. So <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I, I think we've said it countless times um, as we've podcasted over the years is that. Even as much as what you will miss a show uh, when it ends, I would much prefer the writers writing their way out and mm-hmm. ending it on their own terms versus going too long, um, not having a path, um, and then getting canceled. And then you're just kind of like, well, ugh, this is how they've left us, you know? I would yep. like for them to have 
tell the story that they want to tell and leave us wanting more versus you've worn out your welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So I am perfectly fine if they, and I haven't read anything beyond this. I, I I just grabbed this quick section. The, the uh, article started to then go into season four spoilers um, as if you had finished it. So I, and when it said spoilers ahead, I was like, okay, that's my, that's my mark. I'm not going past that. Um, So I don't know anything beyond that as far as um, interviews. Like, yes, we know exactly where we're going. We have a story. We know what we're doing. Hopefully I'll know more in a couple of weeks once we've wrapped up. I can start digging into it and maybe find out a little bit more. So, um, but that, that leaves me with faith. Like if they're, if they're announcing that it's a final season, then they say, okay, we have this much more story to tell. Yeah. And we're ending on our own terms. So, so, and it's really interesting for this, um, particular series because you for anyone who may not remember because i feel like we covered it way back when you know you originally premiered um in 2018 on lifetime yep and then it was canceled uh and then um netflix picked it up later in in very late 2018 and then it's become a massive hit yeah you know for netflix it really resurrected the show netflix did so um, and it's been a hit for them every time. I, I looked at it today whenever I was rewatching this episode before we jumped on. It's been out, uh, or at least part two has been out for a good couple of weeks now. It's still number six in the top mm-hmm. ten. So that's that's really saying something, um, even even though it's been out yeah. uh, for some time. So really exciting. It's it's cool to see the the path and journey that the show has been on. So if they have more story to tell and they can keep it going like they have for this season. I'm definitely on board. Yeah. So that's a little bit of news that I had. Um, really exciting. Hopefully more to come once we um, finish that last episode. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's a good place to lead us into listener feedback because I'm really excited to see what our listeners think oh, about yeah. this episode. Uh, do you want to take the first one? I can. First one coming from Alma Contreras. Says, Rima, you were totally right with your theory. So many questions we have had were answered in this episode, and it had me mind-blown. <laughs> First off, how does Joe build his boxes? Doesn't anyone notice someone moving construction supplies into an abandoned building? Suspension of disbelief, I guess. I feel very conflicted over Joe's plight. He has totally become unhinged, and I feel sorry for him, especially when Reese was breaking it down for him. This scene was fantastic. On one side, we mm-hmm. had those violent flashes. On the other was a distraught Joe. And I almost forgot. Marianne, I really thought she had gotten away. Apparently. I was buying into Joe's delusion, or maybe I'd hoped that there was someone else. Ooh, we! I can't wait for y'all's reaction to this episode. <laughs> I'm also mind blown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. Like I said, it's it's. Oof, having a really hard time feeling bad for Joe after this episode. You know, you made some really good points early on. You're like, I don't care about Joe's inner thoughts right now. I don't want to go back to him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really mad at him. I'm angry at him right now. Totally makes sense. But man, just for a moment, just for a moment there at the final scene, um, when he looked at, I'm just going to say Reese, and he had like tears in his eyes. Right. Um, I, I, it kind of came back to me a little bit. Like I felt a little sympathy for him. I don't, I don't know what that says about me. I don't know. I can't help it. Yeah, I get it. Cause it's like, it's scary. I mean, He's losing time. Yeah. This like, guy's has- got some major mental issues. And it reminds me of kind of like what Gail had said last week. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, honestly, I think what Joe needs is to go to prison or be arrested and then have a me- like mental health expert he needs, yeah, say facility. this guy needs serious mental health help and 
Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what he needs is he needs to be locked away from other people. Right. But he not treated like just like some kind of animal murderer or killer, which I mean he is the murder and killer part, but he has a lot of trauma and ingrained mental health issues that need to be addressed and worked on. And I think so that's where there's like that line of like, is he a terrible person? Yes, but also is it really all his fault? Like he, he needs help. He needs support. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. It was, that was hard watching. And again, that's why, you know, I was one of the reasons I was talking about how fantastic Penn, Penn Badgley was in this episode. I mean, he's been, I feel like really great throughout the entire series. I mean, he is not who, you know, watching him in Gossip Girl and then watching him in this, <laughs> you know, just totally different things and he's just really blown me away in this episode or in this um season and then in this episode was really fantastic he's knocked out of the park and i couldn't help but and that must be a real truth to his acting ability to for him to make me feel that way knowing how angry i am at joe and i'm just like i can't feel bad for you anymore joe you look at these things that you've done look how sick you are and look what you've done to people and look at what you've done to marianne but however still in that brief moment when he was like scared because he's mm-hmm. like he's losing his like he has memory blocks he has no memories of doing any of these things and i feel like that would be so scary for anyone yeah to be like i've been doing all of these things and i have no clue of, of it at all that i'm that i'm doing it. it has to be really scary so anyway um yeah i, I had a moment feeling t- feeling that bad too thanks alma um, Don Elizabeth says, I'm watching this episode now and have to say first that Penn's acting is superb. The way he shows how deeply crazy he is is just so good. His facial expressions are so individually perfect. I'm glad that we're seeing Marianne's capture and experience. Last week, when Nadia found her, I wondered why Marianne didn't scream for help. Now I see that she's been up there for a long time and her mind is messed up. I wonder how Joe is able to function as Jonathan, yet is totally insane. I'm hoping you, Paik, and Kale. <laughs> I love that she's wrapped into it. Like, yeah, she's she's part of the team. We need she's her help. She's just part of the team. Gail's analysis is needed. <laughs> I'm hoping you, Paik, and Gail will shed some light on this as it's not my area of expertise. Is he schizophrenic? I am now so invested in this show, yet I don't really care about the Phoebe storyline and hope it somehow ties in. I think it must eventually. I've been saying fuck a lot this episode as Joe gets closer to remembering where Marianne is and we know Nadia is down there with her. I'm glad the show is getting better and better these last episodes as I wasn't really into it until recently. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Nice. (laughs) Thanks, Don. All right. And this one comes from Melissa. Says this season just keeps on getting better and better. I think this is my all time favorite episode so far. The acting was fantastic, and although Joe is a monster, I still felt a little bad for him. I don't know how he'll mentally survive now that he realizes all of the evil things he has done. Will he finally accept that his past rationalizations are bullshit, or will he go into denial again? I'm eager to see how everything ties together in the last two episodes. Me too. Yes. Thanks, Melissa. We got an email uh, from our good friend Penny. She says, Hi, Pake and Rima. Really enjoyed the podcast. Thank you. Previous seasons of you, I just binged and I enjoyed them, but it didn't stick. Following along with you is so much more fun. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, She goes on. I had to suspend disbelief a lot for this one. What is the space he has built his glass cage in uh, that has complete privacy and a soundproof? 
abandoned subway entrance, and it's just that one simple lock. The fishbowl cage is so cruel. Just zero privacy on top of being kidnapped and imprisoned. And then to feed her nothing but Indian food? Cruel. I don't feel good about Nadia's chances of making it out of the season alive, but if she does, I would watch a spinoff about her in a heartbeat. She's very Veronica Mars without the trauma. I hope J- Joe kills Adam. Cheers, <laughs> Penny. <laughs> uh, good. Veronica Mars without the trauma. Yet. This is the trauma right here. I'm <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks, Penny. That was awesome. And thank you for your kind words. Appreciate um, that You know, we helped uh, along with your journey and watching the show. Right. Yeah, that is a good. So much Indian food and no bathroom. <laughs> yeah, the whole privacy thing. And, you know, I think, what did he do for uh, others? Didn't he leave them like a bucket or yeah. something? And then he would just change it out every time he went to go check on them and give food and water and stuff. I think so. I even he hasn't that. been around in a while. So not only on top of is she running out of food and water and she's, you know, now she also has like an unempty bucket. Mm. I hope anyway, uh, I hope she has somewhere to go, but to know that it's not being taken care of and disposed of properly, that's freaking health hazard on top of everything else. Jeez. (laughs) Poor Marianne. All right. We did get a couple of voice messages this week. Uh, The first one that we have is from Jody. Let's see what she has to say. Hi, Rima and Peg. It's Jodie from Canberra, Australia here. Before I start on my thoughts on Season 4, Episode 8 of You, I wanted to thank you guys for the shout-out at the end of the last podcast. I was having a day and a half, and I was listening to your show to make it a better day, and then you metaphorically made the sun come out, so thank you so much. Uh, Just a few random thoughts for this episode. When Joe was guiding Marion down to the cage, I really wanted her to push him down the stairs. (laughs) Push him down the stairs! Push him down the stairs! But she didn't. Um, how does an abandoned building have power that allows lights to be on an automatic timed sensor? Is Joe paying the bills? Or, is he somehow an electrician? <laughs> Did he rig that? I love that imaginary Reese is actually so sensible. He tells Joe he's been going crazy for a while and he forces Joe to confront his own psychology as an erotomaniac. And I think it's telling that both sides of Joe genuinely like Kate. And that brings me to my feeling that there's a parallel between what Joe always did with the objects of his obsession, try to fix their lives for them, and what Kate does with the people in her life. It's, it's a little opaque because with Phoebe, it's genuine. Phoebe genuinely needs Kate's help. But she also tried to help Simon and in doing so victimized young artists to help him get ahead. And then her boyfriend, Malcolm, was a really terrible person who took advantage of his students. Kate knew that. She knew he cheated on her, but she did nothing about it, despite knowing. Gemma was a terrible person. I mean, Kate rolled her eyes whenever Gemma said anything, but she never actually did anything about it. She never stuck up for the staff. She didn't help anyone who needed protection from Gemma. Instead, she's complicit in all of their behavior. And similarly, Joe's relationships with Beck, Love, and Marion are also very genuine, just as Kate's relationships are with her people, but both of them do very bad things for the people that they claim to love. I might be reaching there a little bit, but that was kind of my thought. Um, Okay, I hope this isn't too long, but during the week, I thought of something I should have done in my last message as a tribute to Rima and Gail for calling Imaginary Reese. 
And Gail's voice mails continue to be really insightful. So here's my little tribute for you both. Um, before I start, take I really adore your laugh. So there's a little love for you too in this. Okay, here we go. Hello, you. You wanted me to notice you, didn't you? You wanted to show me how intelligent you are, how much attention you pay to these little details. You needed me to notice how smart you are with your little theories that are so often accurate with such little evidence. You're looking for my admiration. Okay, I'll bite. You have my attention now. First step is finding out more. Are you waiting for me? Are you excited that I noticed you? Let's see where this goes. Now you have me captivated with you. Oh, that was awesome. Goodness. <laughs> and a little what creepy. A treat. Yeah. <laughs> In the best way. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jody, thank you so much. Well, we're happy that we could bring a little light to your um not so great day that you had. We're happy to hear that that we could bring a little joy um into into your day. Um, you bring up a lot of good questions, probably same questions many of us have. Yeah, the whole electricity thing, this mm-hmm. building, how are people getting in and out? How did he get that thing in there? No one noticed. Um, yeah, all, right. all kinds of good questions. And I still wonder, that box mm-hmm. is so perfectly the same every time. Like, is it an Ikea thing? Like, right. you just run and like, yeah, that, I, I need the murder box again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Need, yep, I lost my other one. Can I get another one of those again? It's like he's got an order on standby right. somewhere or something. Um, <laughs> again, where where are those pop? It's almost like a you know he opens it up and it's like it springs up out of the box. It's like yeah. a pop up or something at this point, you know. Um, yeah, I don't even know. That was all great, Jody, and so insightful. We really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and because I know everyone's really appreciating um, Gail's input. She also left us a voicemail. Yay. So let's let's see what Gail has to say, because I'm sure it's interesting. Here we go. Hi, Rima and Paige. Well, it was quite a surreal experience to watch this episode and see all the scenarios I had envisioned in my mind's eye translated more or less beat for beat to the screen. I particularly appreciated being given a bird's eye view to the murder of Gemma. I think that was one of the most far out scenarios I described happening. I was quite tickled to see it play out in real time for us. Last week, as I listened to both of you grapple with the implication of Joe's mental state, how can we trust anything at this point, I empathized with your irritation. So often this season, I ask myself the question, did that really happen? Or is that just in Joe's head? Joe is not merely an unreliable narrator. He's a delusional one who literally lies to himself. Now that Joe understands that he cannot be certain about anything that he thinks has happened, that means we the viewers can't rely on any of it either. Taking us into the land of all bets are off is hugely risky. If the writers are not careful, this series might end not with a bang, but with a wet, sticky splat. There's a fine line between entertaining and surprising an audience and alienating an audience through convenient contrivance. I really hope they find the right side of that line. The issue that caused me particular concern about reality this episode was Marianne telling Nadia not to go to the police and Nadia agreeing with her. In what universe would this ever happen? Marianne is suffering from dehydration, starvation, physical and mental trauma, pain, psychological torture, and prolonged isolation. 
under these circumstances, her mind is compromised. Anyone who found her would know that she would be struggling with logical or rational thought in her condition. If I could, I'd take a poll of Strange Indeed listeners and ask them, how many would leave that poor woman at the mercy of a delusional psychopath in a murder cage? And how many listeners would be smashing the 999 button? My guess would be that there would be a unanimous show of hands for option number two. So how do we square this plot? Pig spent a lot of time last week pointing out the difficulties with which Nadia is being written and how the coincidences and her actions really strain our suspension of disbelief. Her behavior in this episode made me wonder if Nadia is like Reese. Sometimes she's a real person and sometimes she's an alter of Joe. Maybe that's why Marianne tells Nadia not to go to the police. Maybe she's been down there long enough to have to deal with more than one of Joe's alters. And this is the trap I'm talking about. We've reached the point in the story where the device of a delusional narrator makes the viewer unable to trust or invest in anything they are seeing. Finally, on this week's episode of Adam is the Worst, we see him having arranged a surprise wedding with no prenup to a clearly struggling Phoebe. We are given a ringside seat to him gaslighting Kate. It's almost like we're supposed to want Joe to make one more appearance as the eat the rich killer for old time's sake. However, this didn't land for me. This episode shined an intensely strong light on how truly despicable Joe's actions are and how terribly he tortures and abuses his victims. I think the appallingness of his behavior is amplified by the lack of Joe's quick, quippy patter of self-justification. What a wild ride this has been. I'm seriously wondering how on earth they're going to wrap this all up in only two more episodes. Thanks again for the great podcast. Talk to you next week. Gail. Awesome as always. Yeah, you. Thank you, Gail. You help us and all of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really great. Yeah, she brings up a lot of good points. All right. Next voice message is from Jim. Yay. Hey there, Eamon Peg. This is Jim from Ollie here to talk about you. Season four, episode eight. Where are you going? Where have you been? So much good to this episode with a tinge of bad, which I'll get to in a second, but let's start with the good. Number one, Ed fucking Spaliers as Reese Montrose. He is absolutely so good. And he's not really Reese Montrose, of course, just the Reese in, in Joe's head. The brilliant part of this to me, the brilliant part of this acting is that I've you know, at first I was just, you know, focused on how unique it was to have a character so similar to Joe, but on the good side at the beginning, I did not see that Reese wasn't real. And then, you know, knowing that Spleers had to play this down such a fine line, because obviously he wasn't a real character, and seeing him do that, you know, I don't know if the writers told him that that was where he was going, so maybe the writers sort of steered him in the right direction, but he really did a nice job keeping some of us in the dark, you know, while you, some, well, some very brilliant people uh, caught on to this early on, I think a lot of us didn't. And I think that speaks to the acting and Ed Spilliers did such a great job throughout this series, but man, they must've uncorked him in this episode. Okay. Everybody knows who you are. Let's let it fly. And boy, does he let it fly in this episode. I mean, you know, so many amazing things. I mean, he gives us maybe the quote of the season, maybe the quote of the series where he 
tells himself, tells Joe, you are a full fat, extra sugar, deep fried, fucking insane. Which, side note, might be a great way to end each you episode on your podcast when you talk to one of your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I digress. Um, his facial expressions in this are spectacular. His glee and being evil is fantastic. I, what I love the most, though, is that scene with Nadia where she comes into the classroom and we get to see Joe sort of split. You know, we get to see the the Joe from season one through season three, who we, we, we don't get to see under the hood. We just know there's some good in there, but really mostly bad. Here we get to see them interact. And I think it's just wonderfully done where Joe doesn't see Nadia as a threat, but Reese does. And he's telling him, keep her here. She's the one we got to watch. We got to be careful with her. And I just love that. I love seeing these two sides of Joe split apart, especially when it's done as well as Ed Spilliers is doing it. So absolutely fantastic job by Ed Spilliers. Um, with Greg fucking Kinnear, I now love Ed fucking Spilliers. All right. Part two. I love the Marianne storytelling aspect of this. I very quickly, they run through you know, Marianne's story through her fairy tale with her daughter, this psychotic split that she's going through in connection to Joe to sort of stay alive in this crazy scenario. Watching Marianne's character degrade over time, she, the actress is so beautiful. And seeing her degrade from the jump to the end of this episode is really amazing to watch. Again, another fantastic acting job um, throughout this. And I just love the way that they did it through that story. Um, you know, and then she eventually loses the story as she realizes she's going to die. Um, so I absolutely loved that part of it. Oh, by the way, and this isn't connected to that at all, but is it me or does Penn Badgley look like Oscar Isaac in this season? Just a side note. All right. Um, so overall, I loved it. So part three, the third thing that I like is I love the way that Reese helps Joe figure out where Marianne is, right? So Joe tears apart his apartment. He can't find the key, has no idea where to look. He can't find anything. And Reese sort of steers him in the right. He finally finds the key. He finally finds the box. He pulls out the map. He sort of starts piecing things together. He strolls to this restaurant. We see that this is the restaurant that Reese used to go to, which leads him to the bomb shelter. Brilliantly done in how that episode ended which leads me to the part I don't like. You know, Nadia is the smartest person in the room. Absolutely adore her character. I liked the way that she found it last episode because I'm just so gleefully enjoying this until I listened to the podcast and I realized you're right. <laughs> That's a lot of suspension of disbelief. And then the writers really did themselves a disservice here, didn't they? Because they showed us a good way to show how to find the bomb shelter with Joe. <laughs> Nadia really shouldn't find the bomb shelter easier than the person who put Marianne in the bomb shelter. <sighs> you nailed it again, guys. So I'm going to end it there. It's a long one. I apologize. I really don't. <laughs> just a great episode. And I just want to thank you guys because you do make me see things in a dif different perspective. And I really, really appreciate that in a world, I think, where perspectives are often kept at a distance. I really love seeing things in a different way, especially when they're done as brilliantly as you. Did I just say you? Oh, dear. <laughs> all right. On that note, I'm out of here. Thanks, guys, for all that you do. I cannot wait to watch the episode, which I'm doing right now. On to the next. Peace. Thank you, Jim. <laughs>
Yeah, Jim, thank you. That was that was really great as well. Um, you know, usually our goal is to um, help improve someone's viewpoint, like if they're feeling kind of yeah. eh about the episode. Oh, you made me like it even more. This might be the first time I heard like, <laughs> oh, I liked that scene less. <laughs> you guys, so, I don't know. I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta say how it is i can't i can't lie uh, i know i know i couldn't let it go um wow fantastic fa- uh feedback as always from you guys thank you so much i we get so much consistency from you guys it's so it makes me so happy to see the same names uh week after week yeah. um but then also really great when we get some new ones so don't be shy y'all i bet and what I'm hoping is, of course, getting all of our familiar uh, names, but also some new folks that maybe have been waiting to leave feedback until the very end. Yeah. We've had a couple of folks before, like, I'm not commenting until the very end, so I don't spoil anything because they've already binged it. Uh, so y'all be- better be gearing up. What a good finale feedback it. section. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I real good. These have been good, but I went like real good. I want so much that we're going to have to do a whole different episode like we had to do on The Cast of Us. <laughs> we don't have time to fit it all in one show. We're going to have a two-parter with just feedback. Um, that was really great. Thank you guys so much. Um, it is so nice to hear and um, read all of the nice things that you guys say. And I don't take that for granted. So thank you guys. Thank you, everyone, uh, for um, all the support whether you write in or not, um, just listening to us is showing support. All right. Well, next week on Strange Indeed, we'll be covering season four, episode nine, the penultimate mm-hmm. episode Pen. of... Badgley ultimate. Penultimate. <laughs> nice. Really nice. Um, yeah, season four, episode nine of you titled, She's Not There. I might admit that's why my theory kind of built the way it did is the title of the next oh. episode coming up. But then, oh, wait, but I don't you know. know. What? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel Look, this, <laughs> I feel like the timelines can get a little wonky in mm-hmm. the show. So who knows? Um, that's just how I felt about it. But, you know, I've been wrong plenty of times. But yeah, but for all we know, that title has something to do with Kate. Or Phoebe. It could be. Or, or Phoebe. love. Or uh, who knows? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Talk about throwing a whole God. other wrench into the season. Let's get love right. all up in this. Right. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I'm excited to go watch it right after we wrap up here because I've got to see what happens when Joe opens that door. Well, if you would like to write in and leave us a message or feedback, we would love for you to. You can find all that contact information over at podcastica.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows like Run For Your Lives. Yeah. Do you want to tease us with something this week? Yes. uh, It is our last non-Tremors movie for the season. (laughs) Because next week we'll be doing our season finale-ish. We'll do our look back special, which we're doing a little bit differently uh, the week after that one. So I got like three weeks I'm teasing. But yeah, uh, but our last movie that's going out this weekend on Friday releasing uh, for the season that's not Tremors. We are going back to 84, I believe, with a movie called Chud. Cannibalistic humanoids. Humanoid underground dwellers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, you know. I do know. I watched it. (laughs) 
<laughs> way back. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, it's it's an interesting one for sure. Very 80s, but we had a lot of fun with it. It was a, a blast recording that one. So that'll be out Friday. Oh, good. So definitely check that one out. Anybody who's interested in, in that will be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's a fun one to cover. It's yeah. it's right up y'all's alley. Yeah, goodness. Love those old 80s horror mm-hmm. movies that they put out. Yeah, I think I watched that once. That's about all I can take <laughs> <laughs> of that one. So it's been a minute. That's awesome. Yeah, be sure to check that out, y'all. Yeah. Lots of other great stuff going on on podcast. Yellow Jackets has started up. So it has Yellow Jackets two. WTF podcast is running. The first episode is up. Sure so is. If you're a fan of Yellow Jackets, definitely go check that out. Jason, Penny, Daphne, Wendy, just kill it. As always, yeah, they certainly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go to podcastica.com, you can check out all of those shows. If you find ones you love and you want to support them, make sure to leave reviews, ratings, subscribe, and follow whatever you do on your podcast player of choice. We Always appreciate all that. Give us that support. We do. Please and thank you in advance. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pete. And Sydney Sadell is strange indeed. (laughs) Is full fat, extra sugar, deep fried fucking insane. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.